BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. You're listening to Hashtag No Filter on Revolver. Today's episode is with the incredible Diana Morris. She is a clarity coach. And let me tell you, she just has great quote after great quote after great insight. It was so, it was such a great conversation. I wanted to keep talking to her and I kind of want to hire her. So uh, I really think you're going to enjoy this. So Diana Morris, as I said, is a clarity coach. And she primarily works with people who are going through transitions, whether that be uh, career, relationships, so forth and so on. And she helps you, you know, to figure out how to get into alignment and how and how to have your actions be in alignment with who you are. And, you know, she was laid off a little while back and ended up starting her own very successful business. And, you know, so of course she talks about how being laid off and how she got through that, which I know is unfortunately a fairly common thing right now with what's going on in the world. So, um, you know, this might be a good episode for you if you are in the process of, you know, looking for another job or you've just been laid off, you know, and we talked about even from a personal standpoint, I said, you know, for so long it took me, uh, it took me so long to get to, uh, you know, being okay with a big life decision that, you know, was recently made. And, and I said, like, how do you, how do you know the answer? How do you know the answer? So we talked a lot about that and it just, her insights on it were so powerful and uh you know she talks about you know tips for honing in on that inner voice external noise versus internal noise um the importance to being the importance of being open to changing our minds and pivoting when we get new information then redefining how we might want to live even if that means failing or losing relationships along the way and it was just such a great conversation and we talked about you know what what do you define as success everyone defines that in a different way how to handle negative feedback uh being open to listening to other people's opinions uh, advice for starting your own business i mean there's so much and i don't want to take up too long in this intro because i just want you guys to start listening to it but it's a really great episode so thrilled to have her on so without further ado here is diana morris on episode 84 of hashtag no filter Welcome to the podcast, Diana. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. I we when we DM'd I and I like looked up what you do, and I just think this is gonna be such a great conversation. So before we get into everything and all the, you know, questions and talk about everything, can you give everyone a little background about who you are, um, you know, how you got to where you are, what you're doing now, just for those who don't know? 
Absolutely. So I am a clarity coach. And essentially what that means is I help folks in the midst of a transition overcome overwhelm, fear, uncertainty, and indecision, all those kind of icky feelings that get you stuck in a place um, when you're trying to move forward. I help folks move through that so that they're able to reclaim their power, make decisions, and take actions that help them live the life they actually want. And the way that I came into this role is I've always been kind of that advice giver to my friends. Um, I've always been the person people go to for that logical mm-hmm. viewpoint on things that are understandably emotional. Um, but I think a lot of times when people kind of lean in fully to those emotions, they're making short-term decisions and they have long-term implications. So what I really enjoy doing is helping people, again, think critically about what they're doing, how they're doing it, what their long-term goals are, and strategically help them figure out how to get there. Um, My parents immigrated to the U.S. from Jamaica, Mm -hmm. West Indies. Um, So my childhood has been about uh, education. That was a major cornerstone in my family. And I think a lot of my approach to life and the way I live it is based on the reality that my mom has Mm -hmm. been a teacher um, for as long as I can remember. I myself work in higher education right now, and I look at things as a learning experience. So helping people find the lessons where they can and kind of apply that in their day-to-day lives. Wow. That's, and so you, when you, and I saw this on your website, you start, how long have you been a Clarity Coach, did you say, or have, did you say that yet? Not yet. So officially, I've been in this business for two years now. Wow. Um, unofficially, it's kind of just been the way I operate, and I actually work as I just mentioned, higher ed. So, right. so I work at a university um, where I'm based in Nashville, Tennessee, and my primary role is in the Office of Student Accountability, which essentially makes me the most popular person on campus. Um, <laughs> I specifically meet with students who allegedly violated university policy. If there are any behaviors that come up that we become mm-hmm. aware of that we think may be against what we expect of our students, I meet with them one-on-one and really talk about their decision-making, right, and their community right. membership. And a lot of those conversations really center around, you know, here are the things that happened, here are the decisions that you made, here are the actions you took. Is that in alignment with the person that you say you are, right? Is that something that you actually feel good about? Like if that's how you wanna continue moving forward, that's a different type of conversation. But if you recognize that there's some disconnect, how can we bridge that gap so that you're able to contribute to our university community, the greater society, in a way that you feel good about and you can stand beside. Um, So that's so because you mean, you know, because if whether you're in college or I guess out of college before you get into college, if you're not in college, you might do something. And is it more talking to them like what was the um, like what was the not the inspiration, like what caused you to do X that Mm -hmm. actually isn't in alignment with you, like kind of just talking about like the root of it? Absolutely. Yeah. So of course there's the policy side. So, you know, mm-hmm. we hand out sanctions, we, we hold them accountable to the policy as it is. Um, but we are also really educational because we recognize that, you know, the four years that you're in college, if you're in a typical traditional quote unquote um, university setting, that's only four years of your life. But the behaviors and things you practice in any given moment, that becomes, you know, who you are essentially. That becomes the kind of compass you follow. So one of my favorite questions is, you know, help me understand what happened here, right? Like help me understand what you were thinking, what were you, what were you navigating? What was the context that contributed to you making decisions that you're now telling me isn't you? 
that's how students always start the conversation. Like, I don't know what happened. This isn't me. I'm not this type of person. In this moment, you were. So let's talk a little bit more about that so you can recognize it for what it is and make decisions that you feel better about moving forward. Right. So what would like, if you could give an, I mean, not nothing specific, but like an example of someone, if you're asking someone, you know, what, what were you thinking? If you're saying this isn't you at the time, it was you, what were you thinking when you did X, Y, or Z? What is usually the, is it because like alcohol was involved or is it just because they weren't like in their right mind? Like, or is there an example you could give them why someone would maybe do something that Mm -hmm. isn't really them? Yeah. So, you know, given the college setting, alcohol typically plays a role in some of the incidents. Those are definitely policy violations we need to discuss. Um, But even beyond that, a little bit deeper, it's like, all right, so you're saying that you consume too much alcohol. What led to the consumption, right? Like if you're Mm -hmm. saying you've never drank this much before, what was happening in that moment that you wanted to drink that much. That was a decision you made. And sometimes it comes down to not being comfortable in the situation. So they're trying to like have that social lubricant so that they can feel more comfortable being around people, wanting to fit in, wanting to make friends. Right. Um, some other things are, you know, I was so stressed. I had a huge exam this week and I just wanted to relax and party and it got out of control. So I think, you know, as with a lot of things, even once you're a quote unquote, an adult, mm-hmm. a lot of times, easy to point to one thing and say, oh, well, it was the alcohol or, oh, I hate my job or, oh, I'm so frustrated. And it's like, all right, yes, but that's not the real reason. That's a symptom of it, right? right. That's attached to it. But how can we get deeper and figure out what is the actual motivation? What is the pattern that is arising here so that you can make different decisions moving forward that make you feel like you're in alignment? Right. I love that. And so you, so sorry, backpedaling. And then you had, I saw this on your website, you were laid off in 2016, right? Which caused you to then do all these incredible things. Will you talk a little bit about that and that experience? Absolutely. So I went to graduate school um, for my master's in the current field that I work in. Um, And the kind of The main motivation behind that was, you know, looking at job descriptions, kind of forecasting what my future looked like. And there was always kind of this roadmap that everyone in my industry seemed to do, right? So they all started off as a student leader while they were undergrads, then they got their master's degree in higher education, then they entered the field in residence life or one of those entry-level positions um, where you're a program coordinator, things of that nature. And eventually Mm -hmm. they made their way up and then they could become a dean of students or president of a university or whatever that senior leadership role was. And for me, that was a position I wanted to hold at some point. I wanted to be kind of the decision maker on a campus to create the experience that our students have, our faculty, our staff have. So I kind of followed that path and I ended up in a position that was perfect on paper um, because it was Mm -hmm. giving me all of the kind of check mark items that I needed in order to be successful in the field. And I took the job, was super excited about it, really enjoyed it. And then as time went on, I started to realize this isn't quite what I thought it would be, right? Like it was exactly what I read in the job description, but being in the experience felt different from what I expected. I found myself being burnt out, working late hours, realizing that like, just because this is what I'm supposed to do, I don't actually. Um, So it got to the point where I ended up staying, I actually wrote a resignation letter kind of one of those moments of like, I can't take this anymore. I'm done with it. Right. Wrote that letter in January, never actually sent it. And I figured, you know what? I committed to this. I went to grad school for it. I told everyone this is what I'm going to do. 
I gave my word, people are depending on me, so let me stick it out just in case things get mm. better. And then flash forward to April, so about three and some change, four months later, they notified us, myself and my colleagues, that they had restructured the department, which we knew was coming. Um, but as part of that restructuring, they no longer needed our position. So we were all laid off. Oh, wow. Yeah. So how, how you know, because from there, you know, and of course, I mean, right now it's very timely with, you know, Corona and everything and people getting laid off. And how did you... Um, like how, what, how did you get to that next step? Cause you've written book. I mean, you've done a lot of things. You started a business, you've done several things. So how did you, were you just already, you were just like ready to do it? Like how do you know someone going through that right now, what kind of advice would you give them to get through it? Yeah. So the main thing is like, it wasn't immediate. Right. So mm-hmm. when I got laid off, I remember it very distinctly. I walked into the room. It was like the senior vice or the vice president of student affairs, like the head honcho, Mm -hmm. some random lady who turned out to be, you know, a representative from HR. They told me what they said, got the notice, got my letter, and I went back into my office and answered emails and prepared for meetings for the rest of the day, right? So it was the immediate moment was kind of disbelief and complete confusion. And like, I don't know what else to do. So I'm just going to keep doing the things I've been doing. And Mm -hmm. From there, it started to be where I had to take time and look at what was happening, right? I had to take time and get honest with myself about what I hadn't been doing and what I had been doing, what I hadn't allowed and what I did allow to happen. Because like I just said, I wrote the resignation letter. I was ready to go, but I had self-permission. So Exactly. Yeah. So all those things were always there. Like I knew I always wanted to write a book. I knew that I wanted to start some type of business of my own but I had the job and the position as a kind of excuse that was kind of ready-made and it was easy to fall into, oh, I don't have time to do that because I have to be at work. Or I don't uh-huh. have time to with people because I'm so tired because I'm at work. And when it was taken away from me, I had no choice but to be honest with myself about what do I actually want? Because right. the script, the path, the things I was supposed to do I did them well and it still didn't work because I'm still here wondering what's next. So that just means I get to decide what do I want to do next. And, and then- it almost forced you to look at look at what you wanted to do next because you were it, like even though you had the resignation letter ready, you were when you were then laid off, you were forced to think about it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, the decision was made for me. Um, right. And I speak with so many people now. I work with so many of my clients who are in a position where they're waiting for someone to give them permission to live Mm -hmm. the life they want. They're waiting for someone to give them permission to say, you know what? I'm actually not happy here. I may have the job. I may feel quote unquote secure, but what that's really doing is kind of working towards somebody else's mission, working towards somebody else's end goal. And if that's taken away from you, what do you have left? Um, So really helping them figure out what that is for them and whose definition of success are they working towards? Yeah, and what is what is the main reason? And you know, I, I do you only work with people who are you know in um, transitioning from jobs and such, or also out of in and out of relationships, and in that regard too, or mostly career. So any type of transition, because I think okay. um, for folks, the type of transition will be different, right? A job may look different than a relationship, but the underlying values and the underlying kind of things happening, the questioning of, is this the right decision? 
the questioning of, if I change my mind, does that mean I just wasted five years of my life with this person, with this job? All those things are the same. It just looks different for each person. It's so interesting. And I'm, it's very timely right now for me. So I'm, I, I was married five and a half years, um, like just got, just going through divorce as we speak. Um, and for so long, it was like, is this the right decision? Oh my God, what if I regret it? And so I know that's a common thing, you know, whether it's with leaving a job, a relationship, a marriage, but is it because people, it's, it's easier to stay in what you know? Is that the main reason? Absolutely, because it's comfortable, right? Like, you it's know how this ends. You know what to expect. Right. Even if it right. sucks, like, you know what sucks about it. So right, right. Comfort. There's some comfort in like, all right, if I keep doing this X thing, I know the outcome will be Y. I may not like the outcome, but at least I know what it is. And uncertainty is such a roadblock for folks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something we try to avoid so much. I mean, even now, right, when we think about COVID-19, the kind of time, the concept and where we are. Right. Everyone wants to know, well, when is this going to be over? It's like, nobody knows. So what do you do in the meantime? Um, So definitely that uncertainty. We try to avoid it. It's It's scary. Yeah. It's, and I, 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 you know, with several therapy, I'm such a proponent of therapy and I worked with my therapist on it. And a lot of it was about that uncertainty, that, that, the fear around that uncertainty, which is why so many people stay in relationships that aren't fulfilling and all of that. So, you know, what if someone came to you though, and said, you know, whether it's a relationship career, I don't know, like, is this the right decision? How do I know if it's the right decision? Do you believe there's a moment that just clicks or how does, what would you say to someone? I mean, it depends on the situation, but. Yeah. Um, so if some that question comes up, like, well, I don't know what to do. And I mm. flip it back and say, well, if you did know, what would that look like? Right? Because oh. at the end of the day, my job, any coach's job, any therapist's job, anyone, it's no one's job to tell you what to do. We right. can give you suggestions. We can help you brainstorm and walk or walk through possibilities. We can show you what might happen, but Mm -hmm. concretely believe, and I operate from a place, whether it be with my students here on the university campus or my coaching clients that I work with one-on-one, that Mm -hmm. you know yourself better than anyone else. You just need to get used and you need to remind yourself what you sound like, right? You need to remind yourself what your internal voice sounds like because you already have the answers. Right. That's what's wild. (laughs) Like you have the answers there. Yeah, like, but it's like tapping into it. Yeah, when you sit down and you really think through, okay, like if I knew the answer, what would it be? You may not like it, but that's very different than not knowing it. Right. That's so true and so powerful. And but then you know, for me, it was a lot. It's a hard. It was hard for me to he- listen to that inner voice, that gut, that 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 inner truth, all that, however, whatever you want to call it. How do you do? You have any tips for someone to really? how they can hone in on that inner voice? Like, is it just practice? Absolutely. It is practice. I think we collectively are so used. And I I, I love the, that we're using the word noise because that's exactly what I describe it as, right? Yeah. There's yeah. All this noise around us. And I break it down into two separate types. So there's the external noise. And that's going to be, you know, friends, family, strangers, social media, society, people outside of you. Um, and that's going to be everything that impacts your decision. So that's going to be other people's perceptions, other people's expectations, 
society's, you know, script of what success looks like to bring that um, back into this conversation. That's the right. stuff. Internal noise is going to be your personal experiences, your expectations, your hopes and desires. And the noise is what dictates how we make our decisions. The noise is what dictates what we do next. And it's really sitting down and getting honest with ourselves about the type of noise we're listening to and when we're listening to it. Because mm. noise inherently isn't 100% good or bad. Like external isn't better than internal. Internal isn't better than external. Internal noise can be like imposter syndrome. It could be when you try to talk yourself out of applying for that job or asking that person out. Um, mm -hmm. Noise could be your best friend reminding you like, yo, you got this. Like, go do what you need to do. Right. And the same side, internal noise could be that whisper of like, I'm not happy here. I need to leave. And the external noise could be like, well, in order to be successful, you need to have the five-figure launch. You need to have the career. You need to have the, the wedding. You need to do all these things. So it's up to us to recognize the noise where it is and figure out which one do we need to be listening to in this moment to get me where I actually want to go. So is practice figuring out what to listen to and how to apply it in any situation that comes up. Wow, this is you're this is so good. Are you you're are you taking clients now? Like new clients? Am, yes, yes. So, to know. I'm like, can I hire you? Like, I love my therapist. <laughs> um, no, this is so. When you had emailed me when we were talking, you had mentioned, and I really I'm excited to talk about this next topic. You had said, um, you know, that you'd love to talk to everyone about the importance of being open to changing our minds and pivoting when we get new information. And, and or redefining how we want to live our lives, even if it means failing or losing relationships along the way. And as we both, I mean, with everything going on in the world right now, I think this, like now more than ever, this is such an important thing to talk about. Will you talk a little bit about that? And um, I just, I loved that you that you brought that up to me and I'd like to talk more about it. Yeah, I think right now the noise is different, right? Some people are entering, you know, when we look at the current civil rights movement happening with Black Lives mm -hmm and looking at all of those things, all the systems that have been in place for so long and we're seeing how they don't work as we've mm -hmm. been told that they work and they should work, whether it be with this movement, whether it be with the coronavirus, the things don't work. So I think a lot of us are in a space where we have no choice but to listen. Mm -hmm. As we are listening, we are learning new things. We are acknowledging new things. We are being confronted with new things. It's really a time of reckoning. And mm -hmm. a lot of us, it is basically turning our world inside out because everything we thought we knew has now been shattered. Right. So, so it's relearning yeah. a lot of things. Yes, exactly. Yes. So there's so much learning happening. There's a lot of unlearning happening because everything we told or we have been told up until this point, we're now needing to analyze it. We're now needing to critique it. And just enough, you know, to put up your black box on your Instagram and say that it's not just enough to text your friend and say, hey, thinking about you. I remember this one conversation we had. I realized now it was bad. That's a step. But right. what I'm when I say, you know, redefining success and kind of taking time to think about what you're learning is how does it apply to your life? When this is right. done, right? We need to be asking ourselves, 
what have I been ignoring? Why was I okay ignoring it? And now that I'm choosing not to ignore it anymore, what comes next for me? Am I okay defining what my life looks like and the role and impact I have? Right. And it goes back to your initial, when you were saying when you, the, the college students and your role there, that like, what, um, what, if you, if that doesn't feel like you will, what was the, what is the word I'm looking for? It's not impetus. Is that the word? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like the, like the, what was the reason? (laughs) But like, what, what caused you to think that? So if you're now relearning things or unlearning, well, what was the reason maybe you thought X, Y, and Z to begin with? Is that similar? Yeah, absolutely. And being okay with saying, all right, now that I know this, I'm going to do things differently, even if it means acknowledging what I was doing before was wrong. Right. What it comes down to, right? Like it's enough, you can't, you can learn, you can read, you can watch all the movies you want, but you also need to be okay with calling yourself out and being like, yo, I chose not to know this. What does that mean? Exactly. And what... You know, a lot of, there's so, I mean, social media is a wild place right now. Good. There's great things happening with social media and, and maybe not so great things. And so I've had a lot of like DMing with people saying, you know, I've lost so many followers or I, you know, I posted this and I feel like I'm failing. What would you say to that? Like, it's okay. Like you said, it's okay if you fail, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say it's like, what is the motivation behind it? Right. Like, what are you defining as success? I understand and I see, you know, the the same messages in the comments and the things you're saying. It's always so funny when folks start their post or their video, like, I'm going to lose a lot of followers to say that. <laughs> right. But, right. I mean, do you want me to send you flowers? Like, <laughs> right. Like, what do you want from that, actually? <laughs> yeah. Like, yes, you might. But we, isn't that what life is about? Where you Correct. what you want and then you find people who align with that. And then you pivot away from those who don't. Correct. 1000%. That is the, like, that, like, exactly. Exactly. It just, yeah. It's so it's, you know, it's wild to me because, you know, I feel, look, I'm, I, my podcast is hashtag no filter. I preach authenticity and being real. Well, I don't really want someone to follow me if they don't want to follow, like good, like good riddance. Right. Right. And like, yeah. It goes down to what you're defining as success. Like it's for you is success having people follow you and, you know, kind of uh, catering to what you think people want or success living in your truth in a way that people gravitate towards you because they want to be part of that. Right. For me, it would be the latter living in my truth. Right. <laughs> right. But it's hard, you know, and I, I get, you know, the Instagram game and the social media game and the numbers and the importance of, you know, yes, the more followers you have, the, might, the more business you might have and, and, mm-hmm. and whatever. But I do think there's a, like, you have to be yourself. If you're just saying and doing things to appease people, well, that's not going to be, I mean, again, like you said, you have to, def- what's your definition of success? I mean, to me, that wouldn't be fulfilling. Right. And then but those- I guess it depends. Yeah, it goes even beyond social media as well. And I think, you know, it's very easy to say like, oh, it's just a follower or whatever. But this also, you know, then translates into actual life where people mm-hmm. find themselves, you know, questioning their best friend and their values. They may find themselves questioning mm-hmm. their partner and their values and if there's a, something in alignment. And I was thinking about this the other day. It's 
funny that, you know, we, there's usually like the universal joke about, oh, Thanksgiving dinner. And like, you're going to have to have conversation with uncle Joe and like, you know, right. da, 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 you know, this comment, this person usually makes a comment, but at least it's only during Thanksgiving. You can kind of suck it up. Right. Well, now I guess every day is Thanksgiving. So. Yep. Like, right. That's so interesting to think about. Exactly. And, you know, so when, in terms of, and I know we emailed about this as well, being open, you know, a lot of people have, you know, lots of different things to say about a lot of different things right now. And what do you see in terms of being open to listening to others' opinions and not just shutting them down if you initially disagree? Like, I feel, um, I don't know, I, 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 you know, it depends who I'm following, but certain things I'm seeing on social media in the comments, people are getting very angry as opposed to listening. Like how important is listening? I mean, you talked about a few minutes ago, like listen and then, and then maybe make up your mind. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's a balance, right? I think, you know, part of life is like, we just talked about learning and unlearning and part of learning is hearing other possibilities, hearing other perspectives so that you can hold up your perspective and you can hold up your values and expectations right. against something else and see how sturdy it is. Um, and then I think there's also the fine line of like, I'm not going to engage in conversations that are completely against my values, right? Like right. about Backstreet Boys versus NSYNC, pizza versus sushi, but I'm not going to argue with you about whether or not people deserve to live the life, right? I'm not going to argue with you about whether or not people get to do whatever they want to do behind closed door doors with a partner of their choice. That's just right. the boundary I've put up. Um, yeah. I think folks need to, again, figure out what is the purpose of the conversations that they're having and the conversations they're avoiding. Why are they having the conversations and why are they avoiding other ones? And mm. what does that mean in their day-to-day -day life and the type of person and life they want to live moving forward? Right. So for you, like, if you're on social, you know, I ask people that have a social media presence and, you know, uh, their business, you know, not like depends on social media, but it's a way to get mm -hmm. the word out. If you get a negative comment on anything, any, whatever the subject matter is. And like you said, it's different. There's a difference between NSYNC and Backstreet Boys versus mm -hmm. actual serious matters. Will mm -hmm. you in engage at all? If it's something you, or will you delete them? Will you mute them? Will you block them? Like, how do you work with people that, because, you know, I've gotten negative feedback on things. Like, how do you handle that? Or how would you handle that? It, I would look, it depends um, because I think, you know, again, I want to be able and open to learning new things that I may not have considered before. So if someone is presenting an idea that is different than mine in a way that, you know, I can see that they actually want to teach or share their viewpoint, mm -hmm. attacking and like completely dismantling or discounting someone else's lived experience. I will welcome that conversation. I'll go back. I, I'll explain myself if needed. Um, right. If it's something where it's like, you are just being a troll just to do it because you have internet connection. I'm right. That if it's something that's yeah. going to harm members of my community, I might delete it so that other people can't see it, but still address it. Um, and it also depends on the day and my mood, right? I also- Yeah, totally we need to be okay with like not addressing every single thing because we don't have to address every single thing. So I think it's a balance of yeah. recognizing, you know, if we're opening up a space for dialogue, we have to be open to hearing things that may not align with us. And we, that might be um, a difference of opinion, 
With that being said, how is that difference of opinion being presented and what is the purpose behind it? Are all right. What is the purpose behind that? Yeah, I love that. And, you know, speaking of social media, and you had mentioned a few minutes ago as an example, that black box that people were putting up, what, like, there was, I feel like there was a lot of different, you know, not everyone understood what, what, why it was going up. What do you, what were your thoughts on, did you know about the black box going up when you saw it? What did you initially think, like, with that whole, that whole day? So I didn't initially know that it was happening. I had seen on Twitter um, that, Mm -hmm you know, the music industry was doing something for that Tuesday and that they were planning to kind of really sit and review and evaluate things. So I knew that was happening. Right. To my understanding, the Instagram initiative was kind of a branch off of that. Um, But one of the things, and this is usually the question I have with everything, is like, what, why are you doing this? Right. A sincere question of not like a flippant one, but sincerely, like, what is the purpose? What is the meaning for you, the person posting it? behind this act. Um, And it's not my place to tell people if they're right or wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. For me, it was just looking and and holding it up with everything else that's being done. If you to be a person who actively has talked, you know, negatively about this movement or a company who has, you know, penalized and fired people for speaking about this movement, and then you throw up the white box and you throw up the white sans font, sans refont, you're a liar, right? And yeah, it's inauthentic. It's inauthentic. It's obvious. Um, so for me, it was just taking stock and seeing how people were navigating with it and how they defined it and brought it into their life moving forward. Right. Like, were they just putting it up because everyone else was putting it up and they thought they had to put right. it up or was there like meaning behind it? Right. And I think that's how it is. I mean, you know, no matter the topic, you know, when it comes to more serious topics, not again, Backstreet Boys versus NSYNC, but like more serious Mm -hmm. topics, I think it's, it's, are you doing it because you're just kind of jumping on the, what what am I trying to, like the bandwagon, like everyone else is doing it? Or what is, what is your, like, what is the purpose to you? And what is, what is the meaning behind it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. So what, well, before, so at the very end of my episodes, I always do this rapid fire round of fun questions. But before we get to that, I want to ask you three advice questions. First, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? The best piece of advice. Um, it wasn't something I received personally, but it's something Shonda Rhimes tweeted. Um, yeah. It was back when uh, she had uh gotten on board with Netflix. So she left ABC and it was a time where a lot of writers, producers, creatives were leaving broadcast television to go over to the streaming services. And the way that the media, certain news outlets were portraying it was like, you know, these creatives, these writers are following trails of candy um, to Netflix because they're paying them big bucks. So Mm. and if you don't know who Shonda is for listeners, for you, she is the best. Yeah, yeah, she's the mastermind behind mm-hmm. Anatomy, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder. She wrote The Princess Diaries 2, one of my favorite from facts. Also, Fast, yeah. Uh, Crow- I think it was Crossroads with Britney Spears, whatever that movie was. Wait, was she? That was her? Yeah, she was She was behind that movie. I did not know that. I love that movie. Oh. Yeah, so Shonda's pretty amazing. But she mm-hmm. said something along the lines of like, you know, I'm essentially saying she's sick of people kind of discounting her talents and her skills, she doesn't follow trails of candy. She is the candy. (gasps) 
Ooh. Love that so much. That uh, is so good. Like she does, she's not going to follow the, the, the trend. Like she's going to set, like she's going to set it. Right. Because she built a billion dollar industry. She like put ABC on the map with her brain, with her imagination. So the audacity to try to discount what she is bringing to the table for Netflix is ludicrous and just applying it in life in general. It's just being mindful of like, you're amazing, right? Wherever you go, they are blessed to have you. And we spoke a little bit earlier about um, my layoff. And, you know, this time, a lot of people are being furloughed, laid off, jobs, security is out of whack. And one of the things, you know, I want to tie into that is hoping that folks remember you have skills and talents that you're choosing to use at a certain point in a certain place. Even if you use it at that place, the skills and talents will always follow you, right? Those are yours forevermore. So just wanting to wrap right. that advice up with some Shondaland talk. Yes. No, I love that though, but it's true. Like you have, you, you have talent, you have a skill set that can be utilized somewhere that will be fulfilling and great. Right. Oh, I love that. That's great. That's great Shonda advice. I love that. Okay. What advice would you give or would, yeah. What advice would you give to your younger self? I would tell myself to be okay with not knowing and enjoy the road to the answer, right? Going back to that uncertainty piece. Yeah. Like I, I'm the type of person who still in some ways, I want to know the ending of things. Like I will Wikipedia movie just to see that. <laughs> totally. Oh my God. I always that. I'm the worst to watch a movie with. <laughs> yeah. I want to know there were, I remember, um, this book series, uh, Choose Your Own Adventure. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. So the premise of the, the book or the type of book it is, is you like start on a page and then it gives you two options and then you do right. it. You go to the page. I would always like, if I didn't like what happened on the page I chose, I would go back and choose the other one. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, life isn't like that. And it's taken some time to be okay with doing what you can in the moment and being right with the journey to the next page to see what happens along the way. Um, so right. Be okay with not knowing and enjoy the road to the answer. Yeah. I love that. And enjoy the road to the answer. I love that. You have like full of like sometimes from episodes, I'll take quotes that people have said for promo. And like, I feel like you've said 25 quotes now. <laughs> no, it's so good. Okay. And then the, for the third piece of advice, what advice would you give to someone starting their own business? You know, you, you have your own business. What Someone starting their own business, especially now, you know, maybe with people getting furloughed and all of that, what advice would you give to someone wanting to start something of their own? Really know your why, right? Yeah. Like you, if you're just in this for the quick glory, it's going to be very difficult. That might happen. It likely won't. Um, but if you're able to connect everything you do, business, otherwise, to a why that is real and true for you, um, that is going to be the cushion you can fall back on when you fall, if you fall, no matter how hard. So know your, know why. your why. Knowing your why, I love it. Um, okay, so this last section is the little fun rapid fire round with questions that have pretty much nothing to do with anything we just spoke about, but they're fun questions. So the first one, first thing that comes to mind, if you could have drinks or coffee or brunch or lunch with anyone living or dead, who would it be? It would be... Serena Williams. Um, mm. Yeah, I saw her HBO special that she released. Uh, yes. I don't even remember when that was. And yeah. I just, 
getting that insight into her because of course on the on the court she's amazing um Mm -hmm. but to see how she navigates what that amazingness brings um was really really awesome and I would love to just be able to like talk with her a little bit more and ask her some questions like off the record like how did you really feel when that reporter said totally Oh my God, I would love to ask her questions off the record. Yes, I love that. So if there was a movie made about your life, who would play you? Oh, I love this question. So (laughs) I've actually thought about this in depth. So I think for like current me would be either Issa Rae or Mm -hmm. Gabrielle Union. Um, Ah, yes. Yeah, because I think that there's like a lightness and a way we navigate the world that's very similar. Me, I yeah, in fortune, but you know the spirit. And right. Me, the person I want to like evolve into, Viola Davis. I would. Love oh her. gosh, she's just right. Yeah. I just. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be an awesome movie. Awesome. <laughs> if, if you could go anywhere in the world right now, if you know Corona wasn't an issue and you know planes are all good and going. If you could go anywhere, where would you go? Italy. It's so funny. I am not kidding. I've had three podcasts this week where people have said Italy each time. So what part of Italy? I don't, all over. I just yeah. love the idea. And I, you know, one of, on my vision board, one of the photos that I have is just the Italian riverside and just like houses on a cliff. And mm. And just like open my window and feel the breeze, <laughs> and then like, oh, oh take gosh. me there! Yes. Like I'm ready to live there. So, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh my god, a dream! And what three things, not people or pets, but what three items would you not be able to go without? Oh, to my little Italian Riverside home. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. I would need my computer so that I can stay connected because I would still want to work and like have these conversations with people. So that's one. Yeah. Um, three things. Oh boy. I know um, it's hard. <laughs> a really good blanket. I think, I feel like that sounds weird, but you know, when you want to take a nap and you just want to like, yes. real nice. Yes. Oh, 1000%. I have, there's a throw blanket on my couch right now. I would definitely bring. Yeah. Like everyone has that blanket, capital T. I want to <laughs> yes, you yes, I love that. I agree with you. And then probably like headphones. So when I'm like jogging or something, I can because I like to listen to music or audiobooks, and that's just yeah. kind of my Zen moment. So yeah. Headphones. Love it. What would your last meal on earth be? Oof. Um, last meal on earth. I would have to recruit my mother to mm-hmm. make Aki and saltfish with breadfruit. It's a, mm. it's amazing. Um, oh. To just whip that up for me real quick. Now that you love it, that's awesome. And what motto, well, you've said a lot of great quotes and ideas, but what motto or quote do you try to live by every single day? Screw out and go for it. The worst that can happen is no. The best that can happen remains to be seen. Oh, I just got chilled. The remain to be, you're, I mean, you're so inspiring. You are definitely in the field you should be. And you know, when people like, you're just like, you're meant to be doing this. You are meant to be a clarity coach. Like you are just, 
It's amazing. So tell everyone before we fully wrap up where they can follow you, your website, by the way, which I told Diana at the beginning, her website's gorgeous. I was like, who, who designed that? Like, it's such a well done site. So where they can follow you, your website, how they can hire you, work with you, all the things. Absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram, Twitter at Diana R.A. Morris. Um, and that is also my website's name, dianaramorris.com. And Perfect. I work with folks one-on-one. If you're in the middle of a transition, whether it be career-wise, relationship-wise, you're learning things about yourself and you want to know, what do I do with this now? How do I implement this? How do I make decisions that align with this? I would love to speak with you. And I'm actually putting together a series of workshops um, oh. on our conversation here about, you know, specifically like, okay, so you watch the help. You posted your black box on Instagram. What do you do with that? Because um, I think it's right. going to integrate all of the, the things that we're reading and seeing and realizing. Um, so, yeah. I love that. When are the work? When's that launching? So I'll be posting more about it this coming week, shooting for uh-huh. this month. Um, but I'll definitely keep you posted on official dates and sign up and all of that. That's amazing. That's so, that's, what a great idea. That's a, that's, I can't wait to. I want to do that. So that's amazing. I love that. Um, well, thank you so much, Diana. This, I like want to keep talking to you. There's so many things that like, from a selfish standpoint, I just want to ask you about my own life. <laughs> so I might have to hire you. <laughs> no, thank you so, so much. I'm so happy you came on. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. And there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. I hope you found it in just as inspiring as I did. Uh, you know, Diana is just so full of some great insights. And if you are looking for a coach, Clarity Coach, definitely reach out to her. Check out her website. Follow her on social media. Uh, I'm a huge, huge fan. So anyway, as always, you can follow me on all social media channels, especially Instagram, at ByJulieLauren. If you haven't subscribed to Hashtag No Filter, please do so. And thank you so much, as always, for listening. I'll be back very soon. Bye-bye. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Listening to your favorite podcast? That's smart. Earning your degree online from Southern New Hampshire University? That's really smart. With 24-7 access to coursework, no set class times, and dedicated student support, you can go to school when and where it works for you. Low online tuition means you can even do it for less. And dedicated student support means we'll be with you from day one to graduation and beyond. Join a community of learners just like you. Go to snhu.edu today to start your free application. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, essential plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.